0: This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. This episode is a part two with our founder and executive director, Pat Bradley. She's going to continue to talk about the Learning Center School model and how that model has adapted and evolved as she has gone from being a teacher in this model to principals and then finally as the executive director of Clayton Bradley Academy. We now rejoin the podcast with Pat Bradley and Kendall Terry.
1: And then you got an opportunity to be a principal. Mm -hmm. So uh, talk a little bit about that, because that's a, you know, you have to figure that out as a teacher. There's a lot of people that they teach because that's what they want to do is teach. Um, And they love it. And it, you know, it gets them up every day. Um, And I know you, you've talked about that with your first and second graders. And I think you probably did uh, view teaching like that, of, of it was that driving force. And then at some point now you've made this transition to go I think I want to be a principal so what was that like
2: well that was interesting because I left a classroom of about 23 students uh, to be a principal of a school of twelve hundred (laughs) and thirty-six students and so there was over a hundred teachers there and so it is um, it's unique in being able to look at how are you going to create an authentic learning environment for these children and also train these teachers in a different way to look at learning. Yeah. And so it is a, a lot to bite off. Uh, but what you do is you really look at, you know, how can I make, number one, how can I create the environment where their students are going to feel safe? Yeah. You can create that through building those relationships and those lifelong guidelines and life skills. And also making reaching out to parents And then I immediately started looking at the curriculum and how we can integrate that curriculum, Mm. you know, so that I can look at reading and I can look at writing and I can integrate that more with social studies and how I could, the teachers could bring more meaning to that learning through connecting it with those standards and social studies. Yeah. And then I looked at math and how you could use science and that connection with science and, and bringing more excitement to what's going on in the classroom. So what I'm aiming at is I'm aiming at creating that emotional connection there to the learning so that students are then in turn excited about what they're learning about and then they in turn will become in charge of their learning, which yeah. is the ultimate goal. Absolutely. And so that's what I spend an enormous amount of time and energy is changing that paradigm there in public ed. And uh, it's exciting to watch And when you see teachers that start to catch on to that different way of looking at how students learn because it's not just putting a textbook in front of those children and living out of that textbook. Mm -hmm. It's about creating authentic learning that goes along with – really what I think the way children learn best and integrating that learning. So you're creating that more meaning and more depth to what they're studying. So really, you're not just teaching and skimming the top of what you're wanting students to learn, but you're taking that learning to a deeper level so that it can have greater, greater meaning to the learning.
1: And, you know, I've been in different school systems. I've been in education for a while myself. And what was that like when you started talking to those hundred teachers you said you go to a a building where you know you as a teacher you can say oh i like this i'm going to start implementing some of this in my classroom you were able to be part of a school where you were able to really from the beginning up implement this model you're going to a school now like you said 1200 plus students 100 teaching staff you know every teacher's not always excited about a new program or a new idea or a new policy and so what was that how, how did you talk to the teachers in a way to kind of you know to get them on board with what what this was and and to get them to the point of saying just try it I mean that's one of the things I've said to people like just just try it and see what happens and because I know it's going to unlock learning I know it's going to excite kids I know it's going to connect kids but until that teacher just fully kind of gets in there and tries it sometimes it's easy to maybe try a little part of it and go, see, it didn't work, you know, and it's like, well, you didn't try it really. You know, you you put this little bit in there, but that didn't do anything. So what was that like talking to those teachers, you know, to try to get those ones that are, you know, a little bit more on that outside looking in going, I don't know about this. As the principal, how did you handle that?
2: Well, I did the very same thing that I want my teachers here at CBA to do, and that is to build those relationships Mm. So the summer before I started before I started my position, actually I was already te- uh, principal in the summer, but I, the teachers were off. But I contacted them by grade level and asked them to go out to breakfast with me. Oh, nice. Because that whole going out to breakfast with Mrs. Bradley was about building relationships. Yeah. And that's the first, that's where I started. I started with building relationships and um, talking about, you know what? i'm interested in talking about and that's students and their student learning yeah and then as i then started building those relationships with teachers and often during their planning time i would go to their classroom and sit and talk with them about you know what they felt like was important Mm -hmm. and um, then i gradually had a a small group that was really interested in knowing more about you know what i was talking about and the way i my value for learning and i took them on a field study to a school a trip so that they could see that those strategies being implemented yeah because for me i feel like being able to see it just gives me so much more meaning to what i'm you know thinking of doing than just hearing about it i really want to see it in action so i took uh, some of the teachers To actually on a field study to be able to see it in operation and then of course what happens then usually is that they start to see just like I did initially I started to see things in a different way yeah and then I when we came back to school then they were very excited about trying you know different a different way of learning and I supported that and I guided them in that process and then those teachers that became excited about what was going on in their classroom excited other teachers yeah until it just grew and grew uh, from building and starting with relationships that's
1: the funny thing is like all you did was use the model
2: that's exactly right (laughs)
1: that's exactly what we do in the model we start with relationships we do the being there experience we you know try to make it come alive in, in the classroom so that's that's funny that you went about it that way with the teachers and it's one of the ways that we we talk about professional development with our teachers here at CBA is we want it to look like the model we don't want to be telling you to do teaching and instruction in your classroom a certain way and then every time you come to professional development it's something that doesn't actually fit the model we want the model to also be reflected there and so uh, I love that that's awesome and so you, you did this for uh, several years then as a principal, uh, for that first principal stint, and then you moved it to another school to start all over. Uh, I did. To, to be a principal <laughs> and, and implement this in a, in a whole other school system.
2: Yes, I did, and of course, I, I use the same principles again because once they have had a being their experience with uh, the way you're looking at changing how learning looks for them, uh, they really have to be a part of that because you can't change people people have to change themselves yeah and um, after that process had ha- occurred again, then I start bringing in a professional to come in and start talking and training. yeah and that's always the professional I always bring in is Linda Jordan of course who's right. you know known across the country in being able to uh, provide, Fabulous uh, in-service experiences for teachers based on this learning-centered schools model, and uh, so she would come in, and she would. I tried to have her in at least every three months because it's you want to expose them to teachers. To a little bit of information and then give them a chance to practice what mm. they're learning and, and giving me an opportunity to refine you know, what they're talking about and providing materials that they need yeah. to do things in a different way because we're not, then we're no longer being so dependent on uh, programs or uh, on textbooks you know, we're looking at more authentic ways of um, students learning, and that takes time and energy to, to do that.
1: Absolutely. And that relationship with Linda Jordan is one that we still use here uh, with our teachers. Um, how far does that go back? Was that when you were at that first principal job, or was that actually back at Fort Craig? That, that
2: was actually all the way back to when I was at John Sevier. John Sevier. Yes. Oh, wow.
1: Well, I know you two are both really uh, close friends, and she is a great asset to CBA. And and I've learned a ton of, of information from her as I've worked with her even on the book that we were working on together. But just as she comes in, she trains our staff at least once a quarter um, and helps bring new ideas at times and also helps to check us because this is something on the outside looking in. And so, although she's kind of on the outside and the inside at times, but <laughs> she's able to come in and see with fresh eyes because we see it every day. Mm-hmm and so it's nice to have somebody come in from that's not here every day to look at it and say hey this is what you say you're doing this is what I'm seeing you doing and sometimes that matches up and sometimes it doesn't and so when it doesn't it's nice to have that perspective to say "Oh, okay we need to you know change something or modify something a little bit get it back in line with where it needs to be and so you've had Linda Jordan work with you um, for a long time then as she's helped with staff training and that sort of thing so You did this with two different schools, um, and then you took a little bit of time off. I know that you've spoke uh, in public that you had both your parents and your husband's parents were going through some Alzheimer's and different things, and you took some time off to help them through that process and be there with them. And then this, uh, maybe some would say, crazy idea of Mm -hmm. of starting a school comes up. And and so uh, the birthplace, I guess you would say, of, of what is today Clayton Bradley Academy started to come Uh, to some groups of parents that were sad that Fort Craig was closing. And then also to you individually. And these two things kind of merged together of you with this feeling of, I I think I want to start a school. Uh, I know that I'm supposed to start a school uh, to a group of families that wanted to start a school. And so that was really nice that those (laughs) two kind of came together um, for you to be able to do that. So as that started, because these parents, they, they may or may not have fully understood what they were asking for by saying, you know, they wanted you to help with that. They knew you'd helped at, at, at Fort Craig. Some of them maybe had had you with with their kids or, or maybe themselves even, um, but they probably didn't know the real nuances mm-hmm. of of the model that we use.
2: Well, no. When when uh, some people started contacting me uh, during my retirement, when I was helping with my mother and my mother-in-law with Alzheimer's, um, they really didn't. They were wanting to talk with me because of a sadness that they were experiencing mm. with the loss of a school. And um, that never works out well
1: yeah. because
2: that's not what we're about. It's kind of like you, when you're going to come to Clayton Bradley, you have to really understand the philosophy yeah. and believe in the philosophy at Clayton Bradley or you won't be happy. Mm. That You won't be happy at Clayton Bradley unless you really believe in what we are talking about and what we value for student learning. So that was, you know, a big critical part to what I was looking at in creating the school is making sure that the board, the people that I were working with had a clear understanding about what the philosophy philosophy would be here at Clayton Bradley, because it was not about mourning the loss of a of another right. school it, it's it's not that at all and as a matter of fact I even said at one of the meetings that I went to that you know I'm not about you know trying to defend or uh, make excuses for anything that's happened in the past in other locations or other schools I'm here to create a school that I feel like will present the best learning opportunities for students based on what we know about the brain and how the brain learns yeah and so they immediately had to decide if they were going to buy into that philosophy or not
1: yeah i imagine that conversation was interesting i know you talked about that you'd left a meeting yeah they invited you to this meeting to talk to you and and you realized in this meeting that like you were saying they they were looking at this from a loss perspective you were Mm -hmm. looking at this from a a a chance to do education Mm -hmm. the way that the brain works best and learns best and so you realized that right now, you're not on the same path.
2: And exactly. So, you
1: know, you told them, hey, you know, we're not in the same place right now. And you just left. And I imagine the conversation mm-hmm. that may have taken place there. But some of those parents heard what you were saying. And some of those parents, I think, started to get on this idea of this could be a really cool thing. You know, this looking at how kids learn, how the brain learns, and developing a school around how the brain learns could be a really exciting thing to get behind. And and you did end up with a group of parents that that wanted to really make this thing happen. Um, and so you were able to, we went through a process, right? Um, I'll say we, because I was involved. <laughs> I was just on the wrong side at one time, but, uh, but we, we went through a process and it ended up being an independent school. There was a couple of different iterations of this. It was gonna be maybe a charter school at one time and, and looking at different ideas. So we ended up being an independent school Um, And things progressed very quickly all of a sudden. So it it started at that point really with a conversation with Kevin Clayton, the Clayton from Clayton Bradley. And uh, you and Kevin sitting at a table with people that Kevin brought to the table. And, you know, he started asking you questions. And and so I love hearing the story of of you and him interacting in this way because you wasn't really sure where this was going at this Mm -hmm. point.
2: Well, I really didn't have any idea, you know, what to, to expect, and and so when I did meet with Kevin at, at his um, office here in in Alcoa, uh, I was with uh, he had another group of people with him that work at Clayton Homes, and <clears throat> he asked me. He said, um, "Pat, what are you interested in in starting a school?" Well, I didn't really know how to answer that because I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize at that time that he was going to build a school for, yeah. <laughs> for me. And so I started talking about what I wanted the classrooms to look like. And, of course, it's, again, the same things that I know about the brain and how the brain learns best in environments. Yeah. And so I started talking about that environment and what I felt like that needed to look like i did not know that there was an architect in the room writing down my no- writing notes about what i was saying <laughs> you know about <clears throat> what i'd like for that classroom to look like even the colors that i'd like to have in that classroom wow and that i would like for it to look a lot like you would see what you would see in nature yeah and um the and he also then asked me if if i was interested you know what grades i was interested in i said at that time Uh, kindergarten through sixth grade, and that I would like to build a grade out every year. That was the initial uh, thought on that, is that we would only grow one grade every year. And um, so then he asked me if I was interested in having a PE, having a PE teacher that would teach PE. And of course, I'm very interested in that because I believe in and students having all different kinds of experiences, I, I just feel like that is very, very important. Yeah. And he started asking me about music. He started questioning me about what I wanted, and I would say, "Yes, I would really like to have that." And but you know, I I was in a position where I I wasn't wanting to be greedy in what I was <laughs> you know asking for or what I thought uh, I would like to have, and so I was very reluctant. Yeah. You know, To to um you know just lay out a dream school. that actually is what happened. I yeah. was able to um, to create the kind of school that I felt like would be the best to implement brain strategies with students and helping students um, have live in an environment that would be the best environment for learning. Yeah so that was great. That was a wonderful opportunity. That conversation started in the fall of 2000. Uh, Twelve, And then in January of 2013, we met again. And, of course, at that time, the architects already had all the designs
0: oh, wow. for
2: all of the buildings and everything. And there was the family center was one of the original buildings and six cottages. Yeah. And so um, I'll never forget, Kevin, because there's a lot of things that have to happen when you're going to start construction in a place. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to open school in July, around July the 17th of that year, right, which was of 2013, uh, 2013 <laughs> and that was in January. And so I'll never forget, there was a lot of people around the table at that meeting, and, and Kevin said, well, we're going to make this happen. <laughs> and so he said even if we need to go to nashville (laughs) so i thought wow i don't know how this is going to (laughs) happen but i was meeting with parents in the lobby at clayton homes to um, talk about my philosophy about education and what i would was interested kind of school i was interested in starting and uh, i ended up having 77 students that uh, was enrolled that first year So they didn't start construction on the uh, cottages and the um, family center until the first week of April in 2013. Wow. And so they worked 24 hours a day and we were able, we did open school in July, around July the 17th of 2013 with 77 students and about 13 teachers. Yeah. And we think now, uh, as today, we have almost 500 students and we have almost 100 employees. Yeah,
1: it's been a a whirlwind to say the least uh, from that 2013 meeting until now. And and I've been part of several of those building projects with you to think how in the world they accomplished that. Um, I still don't have a good (laughs) mind uh, grasp of that because the projects I've helped you with, you know, it's like, you're talking about 18 months. I mean, and, and, and they'll tell you, like it's going to be a, a stretch to get, get it done in 18 months, you know, and, and to think that they built the family center, the six cottages, A through F uh, and, and at a point that it could be open. So that's not just building them, but that's actually having stuff in them, having desks in them, chairs in them, you know, all the stuff you need to actually run a school, Um uh, in that short period of time blows me away i don't know how you got companies to get you that stuff that fast <laughs> because they they don't like working that fast right now that's for sure
2: uh, no but when we open school i'll never forget that you know people will not give you credit if you don't have right. any credit <laughs> and of course since we were new we didn't have any credits, so we used my personal credit card oh my goodness to order materials for teachers and Wow. Yeah, it was. that was really a lot of fun. It's a good thing I don't have bad credit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's definitely a good thing. You know, there, there's a whole other conversation we could have uh, from really 2013 mm-hmm. to now, which is, is using this model at Clayton Bradley. But uh, I just wanted people to hear kind of that background, that story. I love hearing it. I've been in a lot of meetings where you've shared kind of some of that progression, and I think our parents uh, love hearing that progression as well of well of how did we get here. This is not a model that, you know, you setting at your house, you know, out on the back deck thought up of like, hey, I think this will be a great way to do school. There's a lot that goes into this and it's been done for a lot of years in a lot of places all over the world. You know, Susan Kovalik and and what she has then passed on to Karen Olson and Linda Jordan and Sue Pearson and, uh, you know, I, I'm missing some going down that list, but uh, this is not something that just kind of happened overnight and this is something that's been proven like I said, in in different places all over the world to be effective, because it looks at how the brain learns, and it allows you to teach in the way that the brain learns, and it opens up stuff in learning that that you can't accomplish by just doing a stock curriculum. You can't accomplish by just doing a chapter two, chapter three, chapter four uh, of a book. And so um, if you would love, if you would like to find out more about this model, we invite you to come to CBA, right?
2: absolutely
1: Um, and and we we have training programs we work with schools uh, in different places on in the country and and we'd love to to talk about doing that more and we love people coming to visit whether you're a new uh, family a prospective family um, or someone in education that just wants to come and see this like you said when you take people on a being their experience they start to understand what we actually do Um, it's hard to just get it through a podcast it's hard to just get it through words or even through pictures through our social media site but seeing it in person really unlocks the, what, what the magic is of, of Clayton Bradley Academy.
2: And it unlocks the magic of learning.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for sitting down and, and talking about this.
0: This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about the school, you can find us on our webpage www.claytonbradleyacademy.org or on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. If you'd like to schedule a tour, either as a prospective student or as a fellow educator that would just like to see the model, you can do that through our webpage. We hope you have a wonderful day.